Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. There is a place where time stands still. Where nature is harsh and demanding. Where only the quick and the strong and the deadly can survive. This place is no place for civilized man. Yes, you do. You go through that door to the greatest little country in the world. That's Australian culture. And today on Showreel, we're looking at a couple of different aspects of a film as it as film and visual culture in Australia as it pertains to a, a short film festival and a open air cinema. So a little bit various today for our last live chat for the year. Uh, the um, film, we're going to talk to, we talked to um, someone about uh, Ted X Sydney. You might want to know what Ted X is. Ted X is one of those Things that uh, appears around the place, all over the place, you know, all these uh, interesting people who uh, talk about this and that and you can, different ways that you can podcast and pick up online the various things from TED. Now, TED is explained in this little interview and it revolves around TEDx, which is a uh, a big festival, uh, they have a big festival at uh, the beginning of uh, the year in Sydney and it all happens at the Sydney uh, Sydney Opera House. And uh, But the reason for why Showreel followed it up was because they also have a short film festival and I spoke to Melanie Hawken, who um, is the curator of that festival. Now, I'm afraid this is a little bit uh, late because the deadline was December the 11th, but uh, there may be some wriggle room, as you'll hear by the end of the interview. Uh, and also, there's always the following year because this is an annual event. And I thought it was worthwhile having a listen to what uh, Melanie had to say about the whole TEDx experience and how TEDx Sydney fits into the whole notion of this uh, this uh, new corporate sort of cultural uh, thing that uh, is taking over the world. I think that's worth it. And later on, we're going to have a word with Gus Berger, who is running the pop-up cinema at QV, Outdoor Cinema. Uh, it's uh, a very interesting little idea, a little project, as we're seeing lots and lots of outdoor cinemas, a lovely way in the summer to enjoy cinema. So let's kick off with uh, a little bit about TEDx Sydney. Well, to begin with, uh, can you explain to my audience a little bit about TED by Sydney? 
Yeah, sure. So TEDx Sydney is an event that happens every year in the Opera House in Sydney, and it's the biggest TEDx event in the world. So it originally started in um, uh, in the States, where they ran TED Talks, which were very exclusive. Um, and TED in general is an organization that tries to encourage um, uh, um, talks about innovation and education, and just to make us think differently and to provoke us a little bit. So it's a really exciting kind of date in the Sydney calendar. And last year, we, um, in addition to the talks, we also launched uh, for the first time the film program. So I'm the curator of that. So in actual fact, uh, TEDx Sydney is a franchise of the uh, TED uh, distribution sort of... It is, um, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. And uh, the whole notion of TED is to actually... Uh, as new dis- use online services, etc., to distribute ideas. Is it? Is it's it's. So you're breaking up a little bit. Yes. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Um, yes, the idea is that we we have um, it's, uh, TEDx Sydney is very. Um, we have ideas that are very provocative and challenging. Some of them make you laugh. Some of them make you cry. But they always have a very uniquely Australian um, attitude and perspective on things. Um, so some of the speakers that we have are people that we fly back in to, to Australia. Um, but the film program as well is because it's quite a long day. It goes from about nine to five and there's amazing food and performances like music performances as well. And so the TED, the TED film program is designed to kind of break that up a little bit, but still within that space of making um, people... Um, just be challenged a little bit in the way they think. So it's a sort of short films that we wouldn't see in traditional um, film festivals. So um, this year we're looking for quite uh, short and snappy pieces, so one to two minutes. Um, and the film program's done, it did really well last year, and, and in previous years we've had, um, because before we had a video program called Tasty Video Bits, so we had some of those go to the Cannes Film Festival. Um, last year, some of the videos ended up being uh, distributed on The Guardian and going into various film festivals and so on. So it's a really exciting um, audience to premiere a film at. Um, it's one of, one, of the, one, the, one of the things that uh, you... Sorry to break in there, but one of the things that you do okay. so well that you do so well is actually uh, make partnerships, don't you, across the world in various areas. So like when you say that it gets a... Um, uh, a run through the Guardian. It's because uh, Ted has made a partnership with the Guardian. Exactly, exactly. So we had a partnership with the Guardian last year. We've also got partnerships with the Loop in Sydney, which is a great creative hub. Um, who else with YouTube as well? So yeah, we we strategically kind of pick partners that are aligned with the Ted brand every year, and um, some of those partners have been with us for several years. But yeah, that's. That's yeah. kind of what, part of what makes it work so well. Yeah. Now, there, there, there's a lot of different short film festivals around Australia because it's a perfect way for people to get their films out there. Uh, what makes mm-hmm. uh, the TED uh, Sydney event different? You know, what would people have to do? Keep in mind. I think. I think. Firstly, what what's so exciting is that you our audience is curators. Um, so of all of the 2,700 people that are there, they've all applied to go. Um, so they're very engaged people. They're top of their field. So it's kind of having your premiere um, in the first instance among those kind of people, and you never know who's going to be in the audience. Um, we've got heads of you know the film industry in there, um, the music industry, and so on. Um, and then our distribution is just really wide because the TED branch, as you say, is um, 
you know, we, we very far kind of global reach as well as across Australia. Um, and so we distribute them via our website, but also some of the videos and the speeches have also been picked up by um, TED in the US as well. Um, so initially, it's because, as you say, there's a lot of film festivals out there. Um, so I think there's a couple of things there. The first is that you're um, showing your film to an incredibly intelligent, engaged, articulate audience, you know, who hopefully are going to use word of mouth to spread the word about your film. And then the other thing, I think, is the TED brand, because that's really well respected across the world and has, has had massive success in the last few years. Um, so I'd say it's mainly those two things that make it exciting for a filmmaker to premiere a TED. So there's a process, isn't there? For a start, you've got an actual uh, word that they're supposed to relate to when they think of the project that they're creating. Exactly, exactly. So every year we try and um, we have a theme that loosely ties things together. So this year the theme is um, Together, um, because we at TED are all very excited about the whole idea of collaborating, be it on... um, uh, bringing different business ideas together or different creative ideas together. So it's a very loose umbrella theme that we're working with, but it's together this year. Um, and the process of getting your film in, um, submission process is basically sending me a one-page, uh, which is about 500 words or less, a pitch outlining um, what your film looks like, and then um, an example of your past work and... Um, and then a short bio. So it's very, very simple, and the details are on our website, so tedxsydney.com. So there isn't an entry fee? No entry fee. No, it's free. <laughs> yeah. And the other thing, uh, it sounds like you're after things, that the, the length of them, you're expecting them to be about four, two to four minutes? Sorry, just broken up there. You uh, you're, you're expecting that the uh, films will be about two to four minutes? Is that right? The length of the film. Sorry, I missed that. How long oh, do you... The length of the film, yeah. We're after, shorter films. we're after shorter films this year, so they need to be between one to two minutes in length. Yeah, one to two minutes. So what you're doing is actually asking people to create an advertisement size storyline and something that's almost as a quip or a piece of humour, I presume. Exactly, exactly. We have some, we've got a really beautiful piece that's been made specially, which I can't say too much about, but um, which is more in the realm of video art. Um, but for the most part, the pieces that work are um, something that's a little bit quirky or, um, yeah, humorous. Humor always works within that time frame too. Um, but basically, yeah, they're kind of commercials, I suppose. <laughs> hmm. But that's very similar to yeah. other elements to TED where your speakers uh, you know, very famous speakers are uh, like, you know, uh, Bill Gates is given 18 minutes to expound on some theme that he believes is important. Exactly, exactly, which is obviously a challenge in itself. Um, but I think often it can end up in a better speech, you know. I think um, if you can say it in 18 minutes, then you're, you know, hitting on all of the the sweet points of what you want to talk about instead of kind of, you know, dragging it out. And I think as well, like a film can just leave you with a feeling or it can just, you know, it's amazing what you can do within the power of one to two minutes on, on screen. Um, and from our experience, we found that the shorter and snappier, the better, um, especially for that audience, because it is, it's a long day, you know, and um, we're very selective about the films that end up in there. But, um, yeah, I think uh, if you can catch people's attention, you know, with a clever piece within the time frame, you're, you know, 
doing well. <laughs> and I guess the ultimate prize is to be selected and to have your piece shown at the Sydney Opera House. Yes, exactly. So all of our filmmakers get to attend the day, obviously, and they get to bring a guest. Um, and then we do quite a bit of publicity around their films, um, about uh, two or three weeks ahead of it. And um, so it's a lot of exposure for them as a filmmaker, but they don't necessarily have to be someone who's just starting out in their career. We've also had people who might work in the advertising industry and um, they just want to try something a little bit different. So it's a great format for people to just play and explore a little bit, I think. Yeah, the uh, you've had a lot of experience yourself in filmmaking. I, I noticed that your background is documentaries as well as interactive formats. Is that something that uh, will be part of how you uh, choose the uh, people who are going to be sh- uh, successful? We had a range last year. So I love documentary as a story format. I think it's a really exciting time to be a documentary maker at the moment. Like we did a film for the New York Times last year, which is now being shortlisted for an Oscar. So it's it's not just um, a stepping stone now to make the bigger feature. It can be because there's all these great platforms like the New York Times, like TEDx, like The Guardian, where filmmakers can tell shorter stories. And, um, you know, because in the past it used to be just a stepping stone. But, um, yeah, personally, I love the documentary format. I think, um, you know, the adage that truth can be stranger than fiction still holds true. Um, and I really like, um, I'm really fascinated by the interactive um, realm as well, especially what's happening with virtual reality. Um, so one of the pieces that um, we do, we have commissioned for this year, is we'll have a, a level of interactivity to it um, as well. So, yeah, we're kind of looking within that, um, within the TED's, um, TEDx film program to... Um, get people thinking about what it means to tell stories on screen as well, you know. So we're not just looking for a Tropfest style film, we're looking for things that are going to be slightly different. Well, since you should, uh, you mentioned Tropfest. Tropfest, uh, when a person enters their film and it's accepted, they uh, waive all their rights to uh, the film. It gets owned by the festival. Is that the same in this instance? Does it mean once a person is accepted, their little film is accepted, does that mean that it's now owned by TEDx? No, no, we, we license the film. So it's the same as a TV station licensing, licensing a short film from the filmmaker. So the copyright stays with the filmmaker. The only thing that we ask is that they um, keep the TEDx logo at the end um, just so that you know we can um, be proud kind of you know contributors to that experience. But yeah, the, the copyright stays completely with the filmmaker. And as you said, it's a big night, oh, day and night. How many films yeah. do you think will be involved in uh, the selection? So there's about 10. Yeah, so there's about 10. So we once the films get selected, so um, the applications uh, close on the 11th of December. Um, we might extend that depending on how many we get. And then it's a process of us going through and selecting, you know, the, the best ideas that are going to fit in with the rest of the program. And then we work very closely with the filmmakers to um, help them with the scripts and the shoes. So we try and stay very engaged all the way along the production process. Oh, so um, you actually support... Yeah, generally it's about 10 films. So, so you actually support the people in the making. So you're asking... What, what you're really asking is for them to make a pitch 
and then uh, you will actually involve yourself in the production. Yeah, more more in the role of kind of an executive producer. Like we're not going to tell them exactly how to shoot it, but um, uh, because I am a filmmaker and I am quite hands on, I like to you know if I can offer any advice in, in terms of storytelling, then I, I'll get involved. Um, and that worked out really well last year. It wasn't, but definitely more in the role of, a, of an executive producer. Yeah. Now um, you are based in Sydney. Is there a preference for people from there, or are you? It's an open uh, call for anybody None in Australia. All. Yeah. No, no, it's an open call. It's an open, open call. Open call, Melbourne, Northern Territory, wherever. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there in is. Fact, we definitely encourage people to, from the rest of Australia to to apply because usually it is just Sydney with a few Melbourne nights coming up. So we yeah really encourage people from all across Australia to apply. Yeah, great. Okay. Well, thank you very much for giving us uh, an insight into how people can actually involve themselves in TEDx Sydney. No worries. Pleasure. Thank you. Bye. (laughs) Tune in to On Screen and find out more about what's on the big and the small screen each Saturday, 11am till 12 noon on 3CR. It's a program on film, on filmmakers and on film festivals. It's called On Screen, Mm, but it's on the radio, 3CR. And tune in on Saturday for On Screen's last show for the year where the best 10 or people's opinions on the best 10 or the top 10 uh, films for the year are exposed and uh, people can call in, are encouraged to call in to uh, throw their two bobs worth in about uh, their best uh, top two, I, I guess. And uh, anybody who does may be in for a few freebies. So call, uh, keep tuned for uh, On Screen on Saturday starting at 11am. And we were just having a chat with uh, Melanie Hawken from TEDx Sydney, mainly to find out about what TEDx is. And as it turns out, TEDx is really a, a new model for a uh, commercial model for uh, getting arts ideas out there. And it's a franchise model, as it appears. Uh, the short film festival, I'm afraid the deadline was December the 11th, but as she said, there is probably a little bit of wriggle womb. So uh, if you're still interested, get in t- touch and uh, see if there is. And if not, uh, stay tuned for uh, your opportunity for the following year. I'm sure it's got legs and will start uh, or continue. Uh, it's a very, uh, it's a bit of an interesting uh, commercial straitjacket uh, uh, described in glowing terms and obviously offers the world something fairly interesting. Now we're going to move on to another commercial concern that relates to art, and that is Gus Berger's. Uh, Pop-up cinema, QV, outdoor cinema. Uh, I thought that uh, I love outdoor cinemas. That, of course, is where cinema began for a lot of people in the country, where uh, someone in a a picture show man would go around and uh, set up deck chairs and put do an outside screening. And it's taken on a new glow and vogue in uh, Melbourne and I'm sure in other parts of Australia. It's a bit like uh, your very own... uh, drive-in <laughs> experience, but on a deck chair. So let's hear what Gus has got to say about his business venture. 
Okay, so we're talking to Gus Berger here. You're, you, you're involved in uh, the new pop-up cinema that's uh, just going to be happening during December to February at uh, QV. Can you tell us what's going on there? Yeah, sure. Um, I've got a um, kind of pop-up cinema business called Blow Up Cinema and we've been going into interesting places and putting on films for about four or five years around Melbourne. Um, we do a lot of outdoor screenings for councils and parks and things like that. And um, and I had my eye on the um, area at QV for a while, actually. And um, when they approached me to do a season of films, I was pretty keen to, to chat some about it. It's such a um, such a unique space, a big sort of grass area in the middle of uh, in the middle of the city, really. Um, so yeah, so we've started doing it, and, um, and it's been going going really well. How did you get into doing this sort of thing? Um, because I know that you're a filmmaker, aren't you? You're a filmmaker yourself. Yeah, yeah I am a filmmaker. I do um, make documentary films and um, had a bit of luck recently at the St Kilda Film Festival. Uh, I won a prize for the best doco. But I, I kind of just love film and um, and I love kind of putting on um, films in places outside um, cinemas. And um, so I think that the first screening we did was... Um, I think it was launching the um, Exit Through the Gift Shop, um, Banksy's documentary, and we did that in a, in a big warehouse space in the city and there was a, um, an exhibition of Melbourne street art on at the same time. So it was quite, um, quite an apt venue and it was really popular nice, um, great place to show it. And from there I kind of just started exploring new places to show different films. Um, it's interesting, isn't it? Because the how you take a film in really has a big effect on how you appreciate the experience. I mean, I remember going yeah. to parties where people used to shoot films up on onto walls, for example, yeah. and it all just yeah. seemed su- such a novelty. I know, I know. Look, I think um, I think with the advent of digital films and laptops and streaming and all of that sort of thing, I think that. Um, you've got to kind of go back to giving people a bit of an experience with putting on a film event. And, um, you know, it's very difficult to compete with the Novas and the Palaces. So I think that by putting on films in interesting spaces and creating a bit of a, an event around the film screening, so it's just a bit more than just watching the film, I think that's, um, I think that's what sort of people are looking for um, these days with their sort of cinema experience. So that's what we're, yeah, that's what I've been, trying to do for the last four or five years is just uh, um, show films in a different setting, create a bit of a, an interesting environment for people to relate to films. Which is kind of but interesting. Yeah, up against the wall, same thing. Well, it's actually a little bit uh, like going backwards, uh, back to the future, as it were, because, of course, that's how uh, movies really did get appreciated uh, to a lo- in a lot of country areas, for example, uh, right at the beginning of films. Uh, they used to actually go out and... Uh, a, um, a truck, and they would set it up in country towns for people to look at in the open air. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, I mean, that's exactly right. I mean, um, you know, what a better way to see that film in that sort of setting. Now, so tell me a bit more about QV itself. Explain to people how it is actually, like there's a screen, there's uh, seats. Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. There's um, We've, we've got our, our large outdoor um, screen set up there, and it's Sort of right in front of the um, historic women's centre, women's centre, which is a beautiful, um, beautiful old building there in QV, and 
um, we lay out 80 deck chairs and um, we've got headphones um, transmitting the audio. So it's a silent cinema, if you like. There's, um, so people arrive. Um, all the screenings so far have been sold out. So um, people are buying their tickets online. Um, they're coming to coming to the front desk at about eight o'clock. They get a pair of headphones, and then they go and find themselves a deck chair and um, sit and watch the film with the headphones on. So it's quite an interesting concept. That it's the first time I've um, worked with the with the headphones, and they've, they've been terrific. Like the reception's fantastic. There's no dropout, and um, you know you you don't have to worry about um, ambient noise. You don't need to worry about your own noise. So it's been it's, it's been a great little. Um, um, thing to, to have as part of the cinema. Which is a little bit like uh, going to a drive-in, except that it's yes. your own personal drive-in. Exactly, your own personal drive-in and the, the deck chair is the car. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, yeah, no, it's been, it's been great. And um, and so far no one's run off with the headphones <laughs> <either>. right. <laughs> How do you source yeah. your, your program? How do you, I mean, I can see that the program is actually a, a range of... Uh, relatively uh, mainstream but also uh, slightly quirky films? Yeah, um, look, it, it, it originally was, it was kind of difficult to get all the films. There were a couple of major distributors that, that wouldn't let us screen um, their titles. Um, they put it down to looking after other cinemas in the area. So um, we didn't get everything we wanted, so we had to kind of be a bit more creative with the um, programming and um, and we found some found some real gems. And um, the second half of the program is there's a few more of sort of my favourite genre of films, which is music documentaries. So we've got a week of, um, of or music films, I should say, um, in February, and we've built a, a great program around the Australia Day weekend, and we're doing a focus on Melbourne independent filmmakers. So um, working with the Made in Melbourne Film Festival for um, two screenings in in Feb. Which is also around the week. Um, the students are back, and um, so we're really looking forward to that. So yeah, it's been. I guess you know, being the first year, it's difficult to know um, who the audience is. It's not really the students that um, populate the area at the moment because they all they'll all sort of um, go home or stop studying during our core season. So I think um, we did have to go a little bit mainstream with all with some of those titles, but. There are also films that I think, you know, people want to see again in a setting that's a bit different, um, kind of like what we're doing at QB. So do you want to give us the uh, website so people can uh, yeah, key in? Sure. It's qbcinema.com.au. Um, or if people remember Blow Up Cinema, I've got a, um, a link on my website, blowupcinema.com. But either of those two ways they can get films. And I do strongly suggest that if it is a nice night, and it's a film that people want to see. They, they just go online and get a ticket um, before they arrive. Well, congratulations on coming up with a uh, really smart business opportunity for uh, film in uh, Melbourne. You. Thank you, Annie. Yeah. Well- Hi, my name is Rolf de Heer. I don't live in Melbourne. I live across the water in Tasmania. But if I did live in Melbourne, my number one radio station would be 3CR because it's about community and community matters. Yes, it does. Uh, We're coming up to the end of the program. Coming up next is uh, Published or Not. 
And uh, that this is the final uh, showreel live for this year, but we will be uh, running over the next four weeks uh, some best ofs. But uh, the first uh, program is actually a new one. It's going to be an interview I did with uh, Louise Fox about Glitch. She's one of the writers that uh, worked on Glitch, which was a great series that was shown on the ABC this year and recently was honoured uh, at the Actor Awards for its uh, for best uh, ser- uh, TV program of its kind. So uh, it's always nice to hear a practitioner who's a writer getting the Guernsey at a major award ceremony. All right, that's me. Uh, have a happy season. Um, and we'll go out with I Might Not Be Robinson Crusoe by Sincerely Grizzly. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.